I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about defending America, truth about the Arizona audit, and frontline doctors' lawsuits. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Over the weekend, my husband and I were at a conference out of town, and we were a really relatively small gathering of very serious conservative political leaders, and hearing amazing information and reports about what they're doing, what efforts they're making. I did a little report about this show, but what I want to tell you about it is it just gelled to me more than ever one of the points that was being made at my summit last weekend. We had the September 18th America Can We Talk Summit, the Women for Freedom Summit here in Dallas, and the closing speaker, David Clements, made the point and built his remarks around the idea that what we need in America, what's needed more than ever in America today, is courage. Courage to speak truth and to stay with truth when it is you're being assaulted either by having spoken truth or you're aware that if you do speak up and say the truth that you're going to be ridiculed or worse. So I want to just tell you a couple things, and by the way, what the things we're going to talk about in the show today, uh, both the truth about the Arizona audit, I have some great information and great analogies, analogies because it's important to understand what is occurring with the way the reports uh, are coming out related to the audit. And again, it goes back to courage for people insisting on truth and the Frontline Doctors, a fabulous organization here in America, founded by Dr. Simone Gold, who is essentially trying to bring truth to the American conversation about the way in which, and that's just conversation, but the policies America is embracing, the way in which we're responding to COVID. So, but for at this summit, um, this, this quality of political courage or just courage really came out in a number of ways. Uh, one, I wanted to share with you, uh, there's a young woman who is a, she's 24 years old, um, and she's uh, very, happens to be a very pretty, bright young woman. Um, her name is uh, Isabel Brown, and I sent Matt the Wonderful um, a clip of her. She, this is a clip from her, a news story. I'm going to play that clip but, uh, in a moment, but I'll just tell you. She wrote a book. Um, her book, she's, a, a, let's say, 24 years old, wrote a book called Finding My Voice on an American College Campus. And she's basically saying that there are actually, in her generation, Generation Z, which is basically people born from, I think it's like 1996 to the mid-2000s, are among the, they may be the most conservative generation ever, and they're more conservative than millennials, and people who are standing up and speaking up for America should not count them out. So here were her, just a little clip of what she had to say in a different report. There's this big misconception in the United States, particularly among older generations, that all young people in this country are in the same generation, and that's just not true. In the last few months and years, several national polls and surveys have found that Gen Z's political attitudes are significantly different from millennials just a few years older than us. In fact, some people are suggesting that our generation is the most conservative that our country has seen since World War II. Okay, she so had this young woman, and she is not just writing a book. She's uh, touring the country, talking about her book. 
She's working on college campuses. She was at that time, I think still is today, uh, a spokesperson for Charlie uh, Kirk's organization uh, that is just getting out there in the world, trying to bring the conservative message to college organizations and young people around the country, basically to say, stand up for America, recognize that America, the great and good, is under assault. She was stellar. She brought the house down. She was such a good speaker at this um, little meeting I was at. So she was one uh, one example. Uh, we also had a gentleman talk at this who was talking about the idea, just the, the, the quest for truth and transparency as an organization called Open the Books. He'll be joining us on the show sometime in the near future. And he talked about the idea. He was trying to bring information to the American public about the cost of the military uh, equipment, vehicles, armaments, munitions that were abandoned in Afghanistan. And you know, what, what was in those, what the, what the composition of all of that uh, mili- American taxpayer-funded military equipment, et cetera, and, and not just what was left there, what the cost was. And so he had taken information off of a U.S. government website. The government actually had the information up, and he broke it out in his openthebooks.org, spells out the massive, massive loss of American uh, militaries, munitions, uh, equipment, um, and the cost of it. And the very next day, after he puts it up on his website, the government took down the page that he'd use for the data. Now, I don't think they're yet asking him to take his page down, but this idea, you have to be brave, you have to speak up, and you have to recognize much of what you expose, the government may not appreciate having you exposed. I also saw a trailer at this weekend's meeting. Um, It's a new film coming out the start of next year, and it's called Whose Children Are They? It's basically about how America has simply uh, unthinkingly or seemingly abandoned the idea that we get to raise our children and teach them our values, but we have instead unknowing or just kind of unconsciously surrendered the formation of our children's values, what they believe in, what they understand to be true, to the public schools. It is a documentary, a kind of an expose documentary, whose children are they? Extraordinary. I mean, we just saw a little trailer. It isn't final yet. In fact, it's kind of a rough cut trailer. But just talking about the ways in which American society has to take back the idea that parents raise their children, we parents, we, the adults in the room, get to decide what our children are taught and not the public schools, what they get to learn, what they're taught about America's goodness, about freedom and free markets, about the LGBTQ agenda, about what is what a, your identity is as a child, whether you are a, a boy or a girl from birth or whether you, whatever you want, the schools now teach whatever you want to be is what you really can be. Uh, so this, this is a brave and, and really... Um, really uh, expose it and begin to expose because it has little clips talking about what kids are taught in schools and parents don't realize what the kids are being taught. The whole CRT agenda, critical race theory, the SEL agenda, which is social emotional learning, which is used to, to bring in CRT. There's just a, it's going to be a great film. Rebecca Friedrichs, uh, who is the, she put it all together. She's a friend of mine. You probably recognize that name. She's been on my show numerous times. She spoke at well, she spoke at the Critical Race Theory Summit I put on here in Dallas in June. And, I, and she spoke at my summit last year, my 2020, my first annual summit. So she's a tremendous leader. But what I really took away from this past weekend is this. Okay, one more thing to tell you about than what I took away. The other thing that, that came about was in this meeting of just really on fire, love America patriots, 
there was a presentation by Senator Jim DeMint, former Senator Jim DeMint, who previously served in the United States Congress and then the Senate, and then he was a president of the Heritage Foundation, and then he moved over to the organization he now um, heads up, which is the Conservative Policy Institute, or maybe not quite the right name, maybe someone's going to text me and tell me the right name, but CPI. And that basically the entire purpose of his organization is to help uh, people in Congress and the Senate understand the policies, the impact of policies on uh, America that they hear, they come to Washington, these especially newly elected members of the House and the Senate, and they may have come standing up for certain values that they know they believe in and they ran on and said they believe in, but helps these people connect the values that they believe in and what actually is going to be put forward in legislation they're being asked to back. So it is helping them come up to speed in Washington with the way many, many wrong-headed agendas are pushed through Congress and unknowingly voted for by people who are new in Congress or not necessarily seeing the whole agenda the left is pushing. So I want to just close the first five by saying this. I understand and I hear from people, I hear from you, my listeners, I hear from my friends, that this kind of despondency, this idea that you know the left, the Marxists have taken over America, that we have the left is running Washington, they're shutting down free speech, they've abandoned our borders, they are no longer treating America as a sovereign nation, they are deferring sovereignty of America to international organizations, they are trying to spend us into permanent oblivion, bankruptcy at a scale we could never recover from. They are treating in the way they speak about laws and their plans for legislation to abandon or uh, just throw away the idea of what it means to be a citizen. They're, they're pushing hard toward amnesty for everyone. They're pushing hard toward abandoning every single election integrity law we have in this country through the federal government pushing its massive federal takeover election laws on issue after issue after issue. Conservatives in America think that we're losing. That's where we are. The conservatives in America, the patriotic, love our country, love the Constitution, love the Declaration of Independence, love the truth of America. That whole segment of America, we feel like we're losing. We feel like the left is winning. And they're not really winning hearts and minds, to be clear. But they have power, they have the media, they have the media that pummels on anyone who dares to disagree with the leftist agenda. Uh, hence my shows, my show having been uh, permanently banned from YouTube for telling the truth about issues related to COVID. You can't say things about COVID that are factually accurate if the left has decided it, that those stories, those facts, those studies don't fit their agenda of forcing the vaccine on everyone. So people on the conservative side can feel like that we're losing the argument. But I'm here to tell you, after the weekend I had, the people I met, the organizations they run, the efforts they are making, America is filled, filled, brimming over with brave patriots who are speaking up on issues from the border and border security to COVID and COVID policy, to election and election integrity, to every single issue facing this country, America is filled with patriots who are speaking up. And the job of each and every one of us is to do our little part to help advance that agenda, to spread the word about the truth that's coming out on all sorts of issues, because that's our job in saving America. Right now, our job, every patriot's job, is to simply spread truth spread truth about America's goodness and greatness, 
about America's extraordinary record of law and order, of, of opportunity, of being the beacon of liberty to the world, the country that helped free literally millions of people from repression, to tell that our job as patriots is to tell the truth about America, expose the lies of the left that are literally trying, as we sit here today, literally trying to bring down America as the world's leader of freedom, the world's beacon for freedom, the world's leader on security, on, on the notion of uh, the rights of individuals to live in freedom. We're living at a time the left in America is hell-bent on destroying America's unique greatness and the job of people who are patriots is to stand up, speak up, and share the truth about America. Which leads me to the final thing I heard over the weekend uh, was from Senator Jim DeMint, who now runs CPI. He was talking about he, along with uh, numerous other leaders of conservative organizations in America, have been working on this, on this idea of how do you... How do you message to America? How do you speak to America in a way that helps Americans understand what's really happening to our country? It does not really help. In fact, it's often sidetracking or confusing to simply speak in terms of Republican versus Democrat, conservative versus liberal, right, left, all these labels. And people can, I mean, people can grab onto labels and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm a conservative, when they really don't do anything conservative. They don't really stand for anything. But this idea, this uh, launching that's coming forth out of this, uh, this, uh, this group of people who got together and worked this out is the idea. It's going to be called, I believe it's going to be called the American Project. The American Project. It is saying for America, here's what the people who love America stand for, actual, fair, honest elections with people only voting who have the right to vote, a legal right to vote, and they only get to vote once. And we stand for strong and secure borders. They have about 12 policy positions. But the gist of what they're saying is throw out labels and just say to America, this is what people who love this country stand for. And it is borders, uh, election security, free markets, capitalism, uh, you know, healthcare freedom. It's a whole host of issues that they have developed uh, under this umbrella of the idea of the American project. And as the speaker was speaking, my husband, who was sitting next to me at this uh, meeting, turned to me and said, sounds like your show. And that's exactly right. It's a great way to close out the first five. This show, America Can We Talk, is dedicated to the preservation of America to the preservation of the most extraordinary, unique blessing to the world that ever there has been, which is and was the creation of the United States of America and the existence of America on this planet today. America is still the beacon of hope to literally billions, B as in boy, billions around the world who someday hope to live in a country with as much justice and freedom and goodness and opportunity and strength as America has. And all that goodness of America is under assault today. And I truly believe, and I'll wrap up the first five by saying this, the vast majority of Americans are right with the ideas of the American project, they are right with the ideas of this show. The majority of people in this country want America, the good, the great, the unique, the extraordinary, to continue as it was. They do not want America to fall over the cliff into the misery and ugliness of socialism, Marxism, and communism. Americans don't want that. And 
the job of people like you, my listeners, me, everyone involved in the fight for America is to stand up and speak up for America, expose what the attacks on America really are, what they will do, and be part of the army standing up for America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I had called this truth about the Arizona audit. And I just want to tell you something. Uh, you know, many, many people around the country were watching, of course, and, and waiting and waiting to hear the uh, outcome of the Arizona audit. And I su- assume you all know they were calling it America's audit. But the gist of it is that in America, uh, in Maricopa County, Arizona, there was an audit occurring. And I want to start out by sa- making a distinction for you that will matter to this whole conversation. And I really, really want to plant this seed. And I think it's a great example that you can use in talking to your friends about. And that is the difference between a recount and an audit. If I had in my hands $101 bills, I have $100 in my hand, and all of those $1 bills were counterfeit. They were all not real, not, not real dollars or counterfeit. And I had, I counted them out and I said, see, it's $100. And, and so I hand them to you and you count through and you say, yep, that's $100, $101 bills. And 20 other people do that. That's a recount. That's recounting the number of dollar bills sitting there or in the case of ballots, it's recounting, physically recounting ballots. An audit, on the other hand, an audit is when someone comes in and goes beyond just counting and says, let me look at that $1 bill, holds up to the light, whatever it is the way that the people who can determine counterfeit dollars from real dollars use. That's what an audit is. An audit doesn't just recount the votes. An audit looks at the validity of the $1 bill and the counterfeit example or in the case of the votes, it looks at the validity of the votes. Are these real votes? Were these cast by someone who didn't have the right to vote? Was this vote double counted? It looks at the veracity of the vote. So back to Maricopa County, the, um, the, we first had the Arizona State Senate uh, tried to do or claim they were going to be doing an audit of the Maricopa County. Uh, and Maricopa, in, in Arizona, by the way, you know, the county government happens to be called the Board of Supervisors. So the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, they're in charge of the elections in Maricopa County, which is, by the way, not just the largest county uh, in terms of voters uh, in Arizona, but in the entire country, it's the sixth largest county in terms of voters in one county. So Maricopa County, hugely consequential. Joe Biden on election night, or when they finally called it several days later, Arizona was believed to have been won by Biden by under 11,000 votes, 10, under 10,500 votes. So that's, that was the vote difference, allegedly, in the state of Arizona for Joe Biden. So first I want to show you is how the media is trying to portray this audit, because the audit was done by a group in, I think they're out of Florida, called Cyber Ninjas, but they were brought in to do the audit. Not a recount, but an audit. And now, Matt the Wonderful, I sent him a headline. This is clip five. I wanted to show you this one headline. Do we have clip five? Uh, that's actually now, yeah, clip five is, um, it was a headline, truth is truth, Trump dealt a blow. Um, I made a number of these, right? But if we, do we have that one, it's just a, just a headline. Don't have it. Okay, so anyway, I'll just tell you. Clip five, 
Uh, hey, what, there was a headline. This is out of Reuters. It just says, truth is truth. Trump was dealt a blow as Republican-led Arizona audit reaffirms Biden win. And you could find dozens and probably hundreds of headlines like this. The headline is saying that the cyber ninja audit of the Arizona vote led to not only confirming that Biden won, but actually adding, it was like 12 more votes or something to Biden. So that was the stated conclusion or the, the conclusion that was made um, by, by these cyber ninja people is that if you're just t talking counting, yeah, they're still counting just those 12. But I want to go on from there and say there was also a clip, and I don't know if we got messed up on our clips today, but um, there was an Arizona Senate, there's a clip from YouTube of the Arizona Senate President Fan in clip six. She had her comments because they had the report to the Arizona Senate last week. Cyber Ninjas came in and made their report. And so I can't, I can't even see if Matt's looking at me. But anyway, we had clip six, Arizona Senate uh, Fannin's report. Yes, we have her. Okay. That is a true statement. They were close. Now, I find it ironic that our Secretary of State and a few others have called this a sham audit, that you can't trust it, you can't believe it. Well, the interesting fact is, is truth is truth, numbers are numbers. And we've said that from day one. What you're going to see is exactly what it is, the truth. And those numbers were close, within a few hundred. But what you have not seen and not heard yet, which is what you are going to hear right now, what you have not seen and you have not heard is about the statutes that were broken, how chain of custody was not followed, how we had a number of issues, which is why people questioned the ballots and the elections. So I ask that you please keep an open mind. I please ask that you listen to this because the reality of this is what this is all about is making sure your vote counts. Okay, so that kicked off their, their presentation. And what happened after the presentation was all the people who were already on the side of, you know, wanting the, the, this audit to confirm that Biden won, and they're out there like with that one headline I just read to you, as well as uh, headlines around the country, you know, GOP-led audit confirms Biden victory in Arizona. In fact, Biden got even more votes. But again, audit versus recount. What the people said, the people who conducted the audit, was that there, the audit, the election itself, the, the ballots that got counted, the process itself was full of fraud, full of fraud. I want to tell you one really specific example. So in, in all this election fraud discussion, many, many, many defenders of Dominion voting machines, of, of, of every single voting machine or voting software producer, every single state defending their votes it was, it was a very, very common thing. And in Arizona, this was stated numerous times, numerous times by the Arizona uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and all the left-wing media that were mocking the idea of an audit. The statement was made that the voting machines were not connected to the Internet. Were not connected to the Internet. So, of course, if they're not connected to the internet, then you can't have any cyber manipulation. However, one thing that these cyber ninja auditors said was that the day before the audit started, the day before the audit started in February this year, someone electronically accessed the Maricopa County voting machines 
and destroyed or changed one million files. I want you to think about that. Destroyed or changed one million files, approximately. I mean, they don't know exactly how many, but the idea of that, that we're talking about people who are, you know, uh, celebrating today and saying, oh, yeah, look, proven. Everything was hunky-dory. Look at this. The, the vote tallies didn't change. When someone accessed the machine, so number one, it was a flat-out lie and has been that the machines are not connected to the Internet. They obviously are because someone got in and deleted files the day before the audit started. That's a pretty huge, pretty huge finding. And yet, if you listen to the, the uh, Biden supporters or the left-wing media, and frankly, a lot of people on the right who don't want to be on this issue anymore, they say, well, the machines aren't even connected to the Internet. But obviously they are, because this is what happened the day before. And this was a finding by the Cyber Ninja auditors. So the machines were connected to the Internet, contrary to many, many representations. Number two, massive number of files were deleted. And so since they're deleted, who knows what those files were? We, we don't know. No one has any way of knowing what, I mean, the person who deleted them may know or the persons who did. But the other, for the rest of us, we have no way of knowing. But that alone should cast sufficient doubt on the Arizona election to take, to require some legal action. At least figure out who accessed them. Maybe prosecute them, question them, something besides just, well, that was an interesting discovery. But that, that's the kind of thing, when you're the defender and you have headlines like the Reuters one I read to you, you're ignoring a, 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 just an enormous boulder in the road to getting to the truth. Oh, we, we, really? We had a million files deleted the day before? The audit started and no one says anything. No one says that. That's kind of odd. Okay, then I want to put, this is, I sent to Matt, this was um, clip three. This is, I think you had it before, Arizona State Senator Kelly Townsend's Facebook page. So there's an Arizona State Senator, a woman named Kelly Townsend, and she's trying to say, could someone pay attention to what this audit found rather than just do the, you know, oh, looks like they found even more votes for Biden. So yeah, this is clip three. Okay, so this is this woman, Senator Kelly Townsend. She put this out September 24th, which was this past Friday, after this Arizona audit report. Thoroughly shocked, not surprised. The product was delivered to the people of Arizona. Um, blah, blah, blah. I've got to go. The raw numbers of votes show a similar outcome. Although the raw numbers of votes show a similar outcome to the official canvas, the important outcome is that votes that were counted could be trusted as actual and true voter submissions, according to Arizona state law. However, what we learned today, that there was a myriad of issues with the counting process that undermined the confidence in the true and accurate count of the election. The election system simply doesn't balance. Some of the issues, the next page of that, Matt the Wonderful. Okay, deleted and purged files. And she goes into the thing I just told you. Timing and deletion of files the day before the February 2nd audit started. Maricopa County purged the machine records the day before the audit started. Again, how can, you, how can you be doing a victory lap as, as a defender of the, uh, the Arizona audit when they're telling you, when the people did the audit are pointing out this? They also go through no security or credential management, duplicate ballots, grossly mismanaged, more on duplicate ballots in a moment, laws broken regarding chain of custody, Envelopes without signatures, images of ballot envelopes with apparent approval um, suggesting tampering, 
connectivity to the internet established in violation of Arizona law and contrary to what we've been told about the system. Sloppy caretaking of ballots, missing batches and boxes, missing back, batches of ballots and boxes, a lot of bees there. Batches and boxes not listed on the box or the county list. Just a few of the many issues brought up today. So I'm getting at, well, you can come back to me. I want to get at the idea that if someone's just counting the $101 bills, they say, yep, that's $100, all right. And that's what these people taking a victory lap are trying to say. When the auditors who looked at the veracity of the dollar bills, or in this case, the veracity of the votes, are saying things are way, way off here. I also sent you, Matt, I think this is clip two. Uh, they had a presenters talking about all the things they had found. This is Dr. Shiva, uh, who ran for Senate from Massachusetts. But anyway, he's a mathematical guru type. I want you to see these numbers. Okay, so first presenter, this is already a bombshell. He's talking about duplicate ballots, ballots that got counted that are duplicative of each other. Unique voters, so in the far right column, unique voters, 16,934, uh, and then he gets to the total. Total number, total number of duplicate ballots returned is 17,126. And again, my friends, this is in one county. This is not, it's the biggest county, but still, Biden only won, with air quotes, by, you know, under 11,000 votes. This is 17,000 with duplicate ballots returned. So I'm getting at the idea that the left is trying to take a victory lap and say, see, 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 all of this, you know, all this fuss that these people are ridiculous, that they're to keep on making. They just are, you know, so upset because our guy Trump didn't win. I want to make something clear. This has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing. Nothing at all. It has to do with whether or not we have a voting system where the American people can rely on the outcome of the election and legitimately believe that what they are told is the answer is the right answer, meaning the, the, number, the votes that were counted of people who were actually uh, permitted to vote because they're registered and they, and, and they actually voted that day. And, and all other, uh, all efforts or methods by which cheating can occur are at the very least reduced, if not eliminated. And so this Arizona audit had, you know, all, all this go on. There also was a table, and I actually think I didn't send this to Matt. Maybe I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, so Matt the Wonderful, uh, this is clip four. This is just a list of anomalies, and I know they're hard to read, and I'm not going to, I promise, don't turn the channel, I'm not going to read them all, but this is a summary of all of the anomaly, anomalies they found as they did the audit. And so I get around to saying this. I mean, we, you can read them all, and you can take a screenshot. You can find this online yourself. But they were, there were just you know, several critical high, medium, official uh, results don't match who voted. Uh, ballots impacted over 3,400. I mean, they're just huge numbers of completely uh, of anomalies, of things that shouldn't be there in a, fair, in a fair election, in a genuine election. Now I want to go back to the point I was making in the, in the start of this show about bravery. At Shortly after the election, the Biden administration actually floated the idea as a matter allegedly of national security, claiming that anyone who dared to challenge the 
outcome of the 2020 elections might be guilty of being a domestic terrorist. They actually floated potential language in a regulation, and it got you know pilloried. And actually, I'm not sure what became of it, whether it got worked, watered down in some language, but they floated the idea to include within domestic terrorists people who challenged the outcome of the 2020 election, a very belligerent and threatening move out of the new administration and media in this country. If you go online, just put in Arizona audit, I'm going to guarantee you the first, you know, 10 pages that'll come up are just a series of headlines mocking Republicans, mocking the Arizona Republican Party, mocking anyone who's challenging the Arizona election. And yet you have the people who actually looked at, again, to see if the dollar bills are real or are they all counterfeit? Well, in this case, look at the ballots to see, are they legitimate? Do they follow procedures that are required by law? And the overwhelming answer from the audit was no, that the, this, this audit did not show that the election was, was performed uh, in accordance with law. There are numerous serious anomalies, number of votes in question far exceeding far higher than the number of votes by which Biden allegedly won. That was a real outcome. So some people, conservatives watching this closely, have been saying time for action, time for investigation, time for potential prosecution. And the people on the right, uh, people on the left who don't want to have, hear any more about this, just saying nothing to see here, move along, move along. On the subject of bravery, of what I was talking about in the opening segment today, so Kelly Ward happens to be the chairman, chairwoman of the Arizona GOP. She has been one pushing for an audit and pushing for an honest election. So you have to think about this crazy. She's the one. She was not part of the audit. I mean, she, you know, she was politically act, uh, agitating for, standing up for the idea of an audit because she had many reasons, as many others did who live in Arizona, to question whether or not Joe Biden really won Arizona, really won Mar Maricopa County. Many reasons to question. So she asks for an audit. Now, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, the people who are responsible for conducting the election, the people whose conduct is really being called into question by this audit because they were in charge of the election in Maricopa County, and the audit is saying, this is really, really bad job here. I mean, you have, you know, ten, over 10,000 double ballots counted. You have, uh, you have the deletion of a massive number of files. In fact, one of the things that this, uh, that state senator was saying, Kelly Townsend was saying is, it, and actually also inability, seeming inability to figure out who accessed, who got in shared passwords. I mean, the idea of being able to hold on to security in an election computer, as well as many other computers, you got to be able to know who got in. And so if someone's going and changing data, it should be tied to that person using that password to get in. Among the uh, things that were being pointed out by the, uh, uh, the uh, auditors was that they had shared passwords among numerous people, so you can't for sure even tell who got in and changed on the day before the audit started, changed those million files. Can't tell. Now, Kelly Townsend's saying, I don't know, maybe we can, but I'm getting at the idea. That group, Maricopa, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, who conducted this election, whose conduct is clearly being, you know, strongly uh, rebuked by the audit, they're actually out today calling for the Arizona GOP chairman, Kelly Ward, to resign 
And they want her to resign because they're saying that she, you know, she pushed this audit and she wasted money and she wasted time. And, you know, people think we're crazy by doing this audit and making us look bad. And people, I, I just, I can't encourage you strongly enough. If you were the one that engaged in wrongdoing, you would be, you would be trying to shut down the investigation. Kind of like somebody who says to the police, no, thank you. You can't search my house without a search warrant because you know that the burning gun, the burning, uh, you know, the evidence, the, the weapon, the, the um, you know, smoking gun is somewhere in your house and they might find it. The idea that those who tried, and, and the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, to be clear, tried in numerous ways throughout this process to block the audit. Not just now, not they're just not for the first time speaking up because the audit results were reported. They've been trying from the beginning to block an audit, to mock the people who wanted an audit. So now you get an audit that is saying, yeah, huge, huge problems uncovered. And their, come out, their answer is not, you know what? Maybe we better go back to the drawing board and look at what we did. Maybe we better help with the investigation, cooperate with it instead of thwarting it all the time. Maybe we ought to participate because we want a, a fair election, just like everybody else. They're not saying that. Their answer is to go after the person, among others in Arizona, who was pushing for this audit. I, honestly, people, it's, a, it's an amazing time we live in. And bravery, you talk about bravery, it is so much easier in, on this particular issue in the, of election integrity, so much easier for officials and, and it's even Republican side. This is not a Democrat-Republican issue. This is an American issue. Do we, have, do we actually have an election system we can trust? That is an American issue. If you're the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, you ought to be saying, wow, I did not realize, you know, we don't know who got into the uh, election computers that were connected to the internet the day before the audit started, but gall dang, we're gonna help you figure it out. We're gonna get in and figure out how those duplicate ballots and all the other problems that the audit uncovered, we're gonna consistently, and we're gonna help you expose all this and set things straight. Instead, their answer is, Go after the person who dared encourage the audit. Courage is in short, in short supply these days. Kelly Ward, the GOP chairman in Arizona, the state of Arizona, has been brave. She has been uh, relentless. She has been willing to speak to the media. She, she had no participation in the audit. The audit was done by this third-party group. As I say, I think uh, Cyber Ninja's out of Florida or somewhere. But anyway, she had nothing to do with them. The entire audit process, by the way, was very public. So it's not like they can claim, oh, in the dark of night, ballots were rolled in, you know, came in in trucks over the night. None of that kind of stuff happened. This is a very wide open thing. So here we are, here we are, nearing the end of September of 2021, looking back at the election. We're coming up on a year ago, the election of November of 2020. And this Maricopa County thing, uh, outcome is being, in my view, just it's not just the, that the headlines are misleading about it. They're trying to falsely manipulate the American people into believing there was nothing to see here. The whole audit was a scam and a fraud. When the fact is, the audit uncovered a myriad of very serious problems, very, very easily possibly uh, election outcome shifting. And yet, and yet, all you want to hear from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors is not, oops, let us do a better job. It's, can you please fire the person who's making us look bad here? So, to be continued, there will be other states uh, now motivated by this audit process and recognizing they all, they, and, and to be clear, every state 
both political parties, all people should want clear and honest elections and should want to have the processes and ways and means by which some people willing to cheat should want those exposed. That's what, it, that's what you want when you're an actual patriot and you believe in the idea of, of the free and fair elections created in America. That's where you should be headed. Okay, one last story, and I, I just have to tell you guys that on the story of bravery. So I mentioned over the weekend, we were at this conference, we'll end up talking to uh, Dr. Simone Gold. She's been on this show before several times. She's a founder of America's Frontline Doctors. She's a California doctor who's been speaking out about COVID. And again, on this theme of courage in short order, she's been speaking out about, about the irrational policies emerging out of Washington in response to COVID-19. She formed America's Frontline Doctors. She has thousands of doctors now coming on board and supporting what she's doing. But I want to tell you one particularly brave thing she's doing. And, and people, this is mind-blowing, okay? Mind-blowing when you uh, hear what I'm about to tell you. So she's telling me this over the weekend. Uh, Simone Gold is telling me this whole long story. I have to tell you, she is one person who may hold a record because she talks faster than I do. I swear she does. She's brilliant. You know, she's a doctor and a lawyer, and she's brave to beat the band. So her organization, America's Frontline Doctors, start, they, they are pursuing a strategy besides putting out true information, factual information about COVID, about the process, uh, about uh, what the various vaccines do to you. She's putting all sorts of actual, actually factually um, accurate information out there. And she is, um, the, her new, the, one of their strategies besides making videos, explaining things, public speaking, everything they can think of, she's engaged in litigation. So America's Frontline Doctors, I want to just tell you this story. So they filed a lawsuit they have numerous pieces of litigation. They filed a lawsuit that relates to the military order, the U.S. military order that's basically saying everyone in the military has to get the vaccine, trying to basically force the vaccine on probably the healthiest um, segment of America's population are extremely in shape, healthy, athletic, strong military, those people they're trying to force the COVID vaccine on. So they started a lawsuit saying at least to those members of the military who've had COVID, and so they have the antibodies, they shouldn't get a vaccine. So she's trying to say, she's asking for a temporary restraining order against the Department of Defense's order that every military person get the vaccine. And she's saying, if they've had COVID, they, they have the antibodies and is medically proven, says she, and this whole affidavit I'm about to tell you about, that if you've had COVID and then you get the vaccine, it's actually worse for you. It makes you sick. It increases your odds of getting sick. If you've had COVID, you therefore have the antibodies. You shouldn't get the vaccine because it'll make you sicker. So she, that was her first uh, you know, kind of foray into litigation regarding the military. But then she got some whistleblower statements. And I have to tell you, whistleblower statements from serving military lieutenant colonels that are so powerful She's amending her lawsuit to broaden it. She's filing, she filed this morning, I think just this morning, uh, she filed uh, a federal, with a federal judge to enjoin, that means to uh, ask the judge to forbid the Department of Defense from all further mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations. Let me tell you this information she has. She feels, so, so this is Simone Gold's litigation, but she's relying on the affidavits by military people. One person being... 
the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, being the um, flights, uh, let me get her name, Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, a doctor, her job, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, an MD, a military person, her job is for the Army to certify pilots as being healthy enough to fly. So it's a good thing. They check and make sure you're healthy before you get up there and, and you know, risk your own life and others. She has to certify them to be healthy enough to fly. She, this doctor in the military, has read enough about the COVID vaccines and the harm they're doing to people that she is now saying she will not certify anyone who's a pilot to fly if they have had the vaccine. She's calling the people, the pilots who've had the vaccine, she's saying she cannot certify them as healthy enough to fly because they've had the vaccine. And I want to tell you some of the things that are attached, the stuff attached to this motion, uh, which this uh, litigation filed, by, again, filed by America's frontline doctors, relying on this affidavit by Lieutenant Colonel Teresa, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, MD. And so she's basically saying her job, you know, she doesn't have the same job as the federal government, as the people who, you know, the, uh, F the CDC or the FDA or anybody else. She has a job of making sure America's military personnel are safe and healthy. So she runs through, uh, basically she says, that's my job. So in her affidavit, uh, she runs through uh, the idea that it's absurd. If you have natural immunity because you've had COVID, you are, in her words, uh, you, it, the natural immunity is durable, completed, and superior to the vaccination immunity from the SARS uh, uh, vaccines. Also runs through the mRNA vaccines produced by Pfizer and Moderna so the vaccines produced by Pfizer and Moderna that have the um, mRNA, both are linked to myocarditis, which means inflammation of the heart muscle, especially in young males between 16 and 24 years old. So the vaccine has the mRNA, harms young healthy people and cause, increases their likelihood of having uh, myocarditis. Um, she also talks about the idea um, that people, individuals fully vaccinated with mRNA vaccines have at least two independent risk factors for myocarditis after vaccination. Here's her terms in her affidavit that's attached to the litigation filed by Simone Gold. Use of mRNA vaccines in our fighting force presents a risk of undetermined magnitude a risk of undetermined magnitude using if people have had the mRNA vaccine. And she runs through, uh, talks about the, why the mRNA vaccines are so dangerous. They carry the recipient, they um, cause the recipient to create trillions of spike proteins. So when you get the mRNA vaccines for COVID, your body creates trillions of spike proteins. She runs through five reasons why that is so dangerous. Uh, they don't remain at the injection site. The, all these spike proteins your body produces in response to the vaccine. Uh, they circulate in the blood. They get in all of your organs. Uh, they, have been, they are known to be pathogenic, which means disease-causing, attaching to other pulmonary, other cells, forming clots, attacking heart cells, Third, I mean, I can't, I don't want to, I want to get to the important part of this thing. So she runs through all the reasons that the mRNA vaccines are very dangerous and harmful to people, actually hurt them. Healthy people who took these vaccines are harmed by the ones that have mRNA in it. So she also, um, 
You know, she talks about the danger of, the, uh, of these vaccines uh, for people who may be of the uh, childbearing age, all that's happening to them. Um, and she actually runs through this language. I want to get to an aff- a thing in the affidavit she put in. There's so much here, by the way. You can read this on my website. Don't take my word for it. Go to my website and read this yourself. On our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down, list of links, links right to this, what I'm reading to you. And the reason Simone Gold was so worked up when I saw her this weekend and so passionate about getting this litigation filed is because of the stories she's hearing out of the military doctors who are telling her the vaccine is hurting our fighting forces. She cites language in her affidavit, as Dr. Teresa Long, doctor, does. She says, Secretary of Defense Austin's order includes unit personnel. Unit personnel should use only as much force as necessary to assist medical personnel with immunizations. He is talking in this order about using force, against, physical force, against America's military if they don't want the vaccinations. And she's saying the use of force to administer a medical treatment or therapy against the will of a mentally competent individual constitutes medical battery and universally violates medical ethics. But let me tell you the thing the stories that are attached in the affidavit that's now going to be, I think it has been filed by now. She says, I personally observe the most physically fit female soldier I have seen in over 20 years in the Army go from collegiate level athlete training for Ranger School to being physically debilitated with cardiac problems, newly diagnosed pituitary brain tumor, thyroid dysfunction, all within weeks of getting vaccinated. She goes on to report, this doctor saying this to the court, why you need to grant this temporary uh, uh, restraining order and stop the military from forcing the vaccines on people. Several military physicians have shared with me their firsthand experience with a significant increase in the number of young soldiers with migraines, menstrual irregularities, cancer, suspected myocarditis, and reporting cardiac symptoms after vaccination. Numerous soldiers and DOD civilians have told me of how they were sick, bedridden, debilitated, unable to work for days to weeks after the vaccination. And then please listen to this, my friends. Today I received word of one fatality and two ICU cases in Fort Hood. The deceased was an Army pilot who could have been flying at the time. All three pulmonary embolism events happened within 48 hours of their vaccination. I cannot attribute this result to anything other than the COVID-19 vaccines. I heard more detail on this story. This is a young, healthy pilot, gets a vaccine, dies at home within 48 hours. His wife happens to be eight months pregnant. And this is what these forced vaccines are doing to young people. I'm going to say a few more things about vaccines. Don't turn the channel yet. I'm getting at the point. Number one, that on my point earlier about bravery, this is a brave thing for the America's frontline doctors to have done. It's brave of Dr. Simone Gold, brave of this military doctor. And she goes on to say, by the way, this affidavit by this military doctor, she she goes on to say, um, I can report of knowing over 15 military physicians and healthcare providers 
who shared experiences of having their safety concerns ignored and being ostracized for expressing or reporting safety concerns as they relate to COVID vaccinations. The politicization of SARS-CoV-2 treatments and vaccination strategies have completely compromised long-standing safety mechanisms, open and honest dialogue, and the trust of our service members in their healthcare system and healthcare providers. I'll make a few points in wrapping up about this today. Number one, America's reaction to COVID, given what everyone knows about the overwhelmingly likely survival rate above 99% for virtually everyone, and, and, and yet a just hysteria about forced vaccination, withholding jobs, forcing employers to say you're going to force your employees to get vaccinated. There's something very, very bizarre and sinister going on. This doctor, this woman who's a doctor in the military, won't even agree pilots should fly if they've had the COVID vaccine because it's unsafe and it could cause them to die while they are in the air flying uh, for the military. I, I want to commend this woman's bravery. I want to commend Dr. Simone Gold's bravery. And I'll tell you something else about this COVID thing. Several other points before I wrap up for the day. One is that if you go Google Dr. Simone Gold, you know, who headed up America's Frontline Doctors, I mean, the first pages of, of, of entries are mockery, ridicule, and derision, mocking her and her organization, America's Frontline Doctors, because they filed litigation saying, why in the world are you forcing vaccinations on children who basically have a 100% survival rate Children who are, for the most part, get very mildly ill at all, who do not spread this disease. There's no medical or rational reason for forcing vaccines on children or arm-twisting schools to force vaccines on children. And yet, that's where the government and school districts are headed. So Simone Gold files a lawsuit based on, based on facts. And if you see the headlines about her, nearly every story that gets uncovered paints her as dangerous, um, out of touch, uh, irresponsible, uncaring, uh, you know, uh, just crazy labels when she's the one relying on the science. She's the one happily pointing out the science. And she's also the one, to be really clear, because I know people who attack her say, well, she's just doing this for publicity. She's doing this out of bravery and an allegiance to truth. The same reason people are fighting on election fraud, people are fighting on COVID policy because they have a commitment in their hearts to truth. She's not making money. She is not becoming a, uh, you know, just a superstar. This is the, because of all that she's suffered and been attacked for what she's doing, Dr. Simone Gold, the only explanation that makes sense for her, for her behavior is because she cares. And she inspires other doctors to care and other doctors to raise questions. And she files lawsuits to try to protect the American people from what can only be described as the most irrational policy reaction out of Washington on COVID. So she filed this lawsuit. She's, and the stories, there are just, I guess, 
I only have this one article that I put on our website. I urge you to read it yourself. But in talking with her, I realized there are many other stories that they're uncovering about doctors trying to say the vaccines are really bad. There's no reason we should be doing this. And yet you have the government full bore like a, like a freight train bearing down the American people saying you're going to get these vaccines and you're not going to question it. And, 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 and you know, talk about so bravery in the medical world. Bravery in the world of election officials, uh, elected officials and election uh, departments and people agitating for truth about elections. The whole idea in America today that people who advocate for truth and speak up for truth are vilified. These are just perfect examples. I know talk show hosts, conservative, who tell me they're conservative talk show hosts who will not talk about election fraud anymore, who've joined the left eye-rolling ridicule of the idea of the Arizona audit, who will point to that and say, see, I mean, look, it even gave Biden a few more votes, ignoring the truth about what an audit, what the audit uncovered. I know conservative talk show hosts who are so done allowing any airtime, any oxygen for the challenges people want to make in, in the medical world. Doctors want to say about there are effective COVID treatments that do not require the vaccines, effective COVID treatments that have been available since the very beginning, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, ivermectin, other treatments you know that, that no one makes a bunch of money on anymore because they're already patented, they're already available, they're available in, in abundant supply, although the government's trying to cut back on that supply. But the, the, the brave doctors speaking up are ridiculed in the media, and they're even ridiculed by conservative talk show hosts. So I come back making one last plug for my show before I turn to why it matters to you. My entire commitment in this show, my underlying or overarching commitment, is to the idea of preserving America. I never, never report half-baked stories. I never venture out without any basis for what I'm saying. I read, I consult with experts, I have experts join me on my show. I am a very serious commentator, a very serious student of America, of the American political scene, and I am committed to the idea of preserving America. I am committed to speaking truth about America. Therefore, I reject the 1619 Project and the Black Lives Matter uh, academic agenda. I reject those because they're lies about America. I reject the idea that you cannot talk about election fraud or, or you're going to be in trouble or labeled too far right or far something or off the, you know, um, somehow not doing the right thing. In this country, the forces pushing against doctors, medical people, elected officials to say no one talks about COVID and effective treatments, no one questions the vaccines, no one questions the 2020 elections, no one questions election fraud. That force is monumental in this country. It silences talk show hosts. It silences commentators. It, sil it silences people you actually probably like in media and I like. But the fact is, what ought to be the guiding principle for commentators, doctors, election officials, and everyone else is getting to truth, speaking truth, exposing truth, sharing truth, not 
doing what you're told to do, not following the party line on any subject. The goal of any serious commentator about America is to speak truth. And that's what I do in this show. It's what I do every day, all week long on this show, to speak truth about America. So if you like this show, I urge you to go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, and on that homepage, do two things, three things. Hit the subscribe button, get our once weekly newsletter. Hit subscribe, you get a once a week newsletter. Number two, donate to this show. You can donate to support this show. This is entirely listener funded. I bring truth to you with no filter and no pressure from any advertisers. I bring truth to you. So donate to keep this show on air. And number three, join this show. You can donate and join. Joining is very inexpensive. And when you join, you hit on that homepage of americacanwetalk.org. You hit the members. Up comes join. You join. It's very inexpensive, very easy to do. You get access to our Thursday members-only shows. Each of them, any one by itself, is worth the very low price of membership. It's $50 a year. All together is a treasure trove of great information about America. So support shows like mine committed to truth by going to our website, subscribe to the newsletter, donate to keep this show on air, and become a member. I love your support. Now, I'll tell you, as I do at the close of every show, why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started the show at the very beginning uh, about defending America. Despite bleakness and darkness in every direction, take heart. Bravery is rising. Millions worldwide are on fire to resist what's happening. Ranks are growing every day. New U.S. leadership is gelling around America versus not America. My, my argument for years you have America or not America. It's not about politics as usual. Courage has never been more never been more essential and is being found. Isabel Brown, the 24-year-old firebrand of American values, now an object of left-wing mob hate, doxing, cancellation. Whose children are they? Powerful pro-America documentary out early next year. Left-wing exposing left-wing tyranny on critical race theory, social emotional learning, the LGBT. Oops, I hit that was my typo there. Sorry, LGBTQ agenda and sexual morality all exposed. Open the books. Initiative exposes scope and value of military equipment lost in Afghanistan. The next day, the federal government deletes the relevant data. Deep state ruling class left is heaping harassment, mockery, and vile abuse on anyone speaking truth. But truth exists. It matters and it will prevail. If Americans have courage to voice it, millions of Americans are showing courage. Join them. And the truth about the, America, the Arizona audit, what they've been calling the American audit, Auditors recommended decertification of the 2020 Arizona election. You didn't hear that out of all the headlines you're reading about audit, you know, supported Biden. Auditors recommend decertifying the 2020 Arizona election. In an election won by Biden by less than 10.5 thousand votes, there are at least four times that many illegitimate ballots. Voting machines were connected to the Internet, contrary to constant mainstream media reporting. One day before the Arizona audit was to commence, Arizona Election Administration deleted million election files. This is clear criminal behavior, and the law treats spoilation. I didn't even get to this part. But when you destroy evidence that makes you look bad, it, the law assumes that what your accuser is saying is true. Law treats spoilation of evidence as inferring that the deleted files were and are evidence of election fraud. Do not be misled by the mainstream media. An election recount is not a forensic election audit. Remember the 
analogy to counting counterfeit dollar bills. It doesn't matter how many times you count them, they're still counterfeit. If a ballot count and a recount match, that proves nothing as to existence or non-existence of election fraud. The issue, were they legitimate ballots legitimately cast by legally eligible voters? That is what a forensic audit, examine, audit examines. The Arizona audit concluded no as to too many ballots, and therefore the election should not have been certified. And in the frontline doctor's lawsuits, preliminary injunction against mandatory vaccination of U.S. military now at issue in our courts. Affidavit in support of injunction is a gigantic eye-opener. Affidavit from Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, aerospace medicine specialist, a doctor, long recites detailed severe incapacitating injuries to soldiers after receiving COVID vaccines. Long's medical military conclusion, vaccinated pilots should be grounded until adverse vaccination results are investigated and medical concerns resolved. Biden's mandatory vaccination policy for the military is driving many quality soldiers out of the military, including Navy SEALs. Adverse vaccine effects are now grounding U.S. military pilots. There is no medical science reason for mandating vaccination on U.S. soldiers. Their age group and health condition shows COVID recovery rates at nearly 100%. So who benefits from this deliberate weakening of the U.S. military? The answer should disturb all Americans. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America Can We Talk? Truth About America.